0: So that's uh, great. So, hey, thank you for being with us tonight. Um, Hey, it's good to see you. (laughs) Uh, And um, let's get a, we're going to do a reset of the hour and then we'll, we'll get started and uh, pepper you with some questions, my friend. So uh, let's, um, let's, let's do, um, let's do this. Let me, uh, let me push this button here.
1: Welcome to the Geocache Talk Network's 8th Annual Podcast of Hope. Once again, we are raising funds for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Our goal is to raise $13,000, and we can only do that with your help. To help us reach our goal, please visit the website, podcastofhope.com,
0: and donate. Now, let's join our hosts of the Geocache Talk Network's
2: Podcast of Hope.
0: So we've got um, Jesse stepped out. He'll be back in a little bit. Um, but I do want to do one, do a couple things. One is, let me show the screen how we're doing. So, um, there we are. We are now at $3,559. And my guess is that, uh, we're we'll start seeing some donations.
2: Bit,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, 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 keep going. We'll see. Uh, we'll see some, uh, I, people love to give top, top of the hour, top of the hour. Pardon me, because, uh. Uh, there are some, uh, uh, prizes that we're giving away as well, but I mean, obviously people just want to give, uh, so there's some more coming in. Uh, so very cool to see that. So we'll keep that running. And, uh, I want to mention some of our prizes that we're going and, uh, Sean reminded me of one item as well, but, uh, every hour Arted crafted is giving away a shirt, a shirt every hour. Is what he's giving away. So that is wonderful. He did want me to mention, and I, I mentioned earlier, but I want to mention again, and that is if you purchase um, between now and uh, um, until the 16th, I think, I, 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 I said the, the Christmas, but just until the 16th, uh, he says that there'll be free shipping um, if you use the code uh, podcast to help, P O H 2023 is the, uh, the code. So I'll put that in a banner. But um, you can get uh, free shipping uh, for a shirt. And you might win one, too, because he's giving away a shirt every hour. Um, we've got Smashing Pennies. They're uh, giving away 10 smashed pennies uh, this hour. And um, not just the geocaching ones, but some of the um, the other ones. And so thank you to them. And sponsored by SmashingPennies.net, get 10% off your order with code Talk Network. They are perfect to put in a geocache. This particular hour, we've got um oh the travel bugs so. Uh, Steve, uh, the Travel Bugs, uh, he sent me uh, a giveaway pack of stickers and magnets and a coin. Um, so the Travel Bugs are, are giving that away uh, this particular hour. So uh, thank you to the Travel Bugs for uh, providing that uh, giveaway pack. So very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go um, so Doug, thanks for being with us tonight um, it was um, so good to uh, you know uh, it's been uh, a couple of years now but I, we got to actually meet in person we've we've talked on the yeah on the podcast a few times but I actually got to got to meet Doug in person I was like thrilled <laughs> you know yeah it, it, yeah it's one of those things where you know, we we talk about, uh, you know, being able to go to events and be able to see people. But it's something that I've tended to do of late, which is being able to see somebody in person. To me, it's it's a, uh, a gift that's not always uh, available, you know, to uh, – and so I try to, you know, really um, – enjoy the time I'm able to, to see certain cashiers that, um, you know, we just don't get to see all the time. So that's, you know, it's a, sometimes a rare gift depending on the person. And, um, so I, I try to, you know, treasure those times when we get to get to see people in, in person, cause that, you know, it really does mean a lot. So, um, but, um, you are, um, on the on the move quite a bit, which is great. Uh, you've been out at COVID's kind of behind us, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I got some questions for you, but uh, can you share uh, what where you where you are now, and maybe uh, where you've been of late? So,
1: well, be- before I do that, I'd like to go off script a little bit. Uh, okay that uh we're getting late in the evening and i want to make sure we bust through the thirteen thousand dollar uh challenge gary you know nothing okay. about this uh but for this hour i would like to do a four for one match anybody wow a hundred dollars we're going to match it and make it five hundred dollars anybody gives dollars, we're going to match it and go to 250. we're going to get over this uh threshold and do it and anybody that gives a hundred dollars during this hour uh we'll uh give a Ms. Pac-Man GeoCoin. Nice. uh, We'll talk about later. Gary probably uh one or two of these at least and many of you groupies of Gary may have them already but this is the that's sweet Geocoin. Yep. And a $50 uh pledge uh tonight you'll get the Ms. Pac-Man path tag um nice extra large path tag uh and gary will uh keep track of this all send me a list and i will mail these out to you
0: i will do it man that is tremendous awesome.
1: enough for the commercial there uh you asked thank you
0: <laughs> thank you so much doug
1: yes i i do love traveling um i may have given up on trying to have the most number of countries for a geocaching person because we have many crazy Germans out there that uh, <laughs> they do not seem to stay at home at all.
0: No, you're, you got some competition uh, out there.
1: But last year, I took over the uh, number one position in the world for souvenirs. And then I realized that uh, the uh, Germans are able to attend uh, three or four mega events in a weekend by driving all around Europe. Uh, and I've given that up. So I now sit second in the number <gasps> of souvenirs uh and i've uh, tipped my hat to uh the germans that are very good at this wow uh, in any case um i still do travel a lot uh i uh live in boston but this yep. morning I go down to saint martin the weather was starting to get too cold in boston it was getting cold <laughs> rainy and whatever and so i am now down here uh saint martin has some fondness in my life it was the first country that I totally cashed out, and uh, have now cashed out four different countries, uh, French St. Martin, uh, Dutch St. Martin, uh, Anguilla, which is right across the bay from here, and Vatican City. Wow, that's, yeah. um, Since then, people have placed more caches in uh, St. Martin. (laughs) Of course. French. And so uh, while I'm down here, I may have to go get uh, those, or at least maintain the caches I have here in St. Martin.
0: Right. That's awesome, man. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm still reeling over your, your comments. So yeah, I, I think we're going to get, so we've got, uh, yeah, people are starting. Wow. the you, you, you got people going now, uh, <laughs> Doug, we've got it just rolling, uh, people given this hour. So this is.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It, it, it's yeah. something I have a real, um, uh, Uh, understanding of or feeling towards. uh, I mentioned it at the end of the last hour. Uh, Yeah. My uh, oldest daughter-in-law works at Boston Children's Hospital. Yeah. Uh, She, at the age of 14, decided that she wanted to, A, marry my uh, oldest son, and B, become a uh, uh, pediatric oncologist. Yeah. If you reflect on someone that is willing to undertake that as a profession, to look wow. and say, I'm going to live every day with these sick kids and get most of them being better. It is yes. something. an amazing calling. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got an amazing attitude in life to be able to undertake that. And to look and say, I'm going to improve this world. And so wow. a lot of uh, my connection to St. Jude's is just through her and understanding that she has committed her life to this and yep. uh, works every day uh, in very, very difficult uh, conditions and opportunities and uh, cases and everything. And uh, that's what really brings me out here.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Um yeah. Um, w- 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 we'll talk some more about, I want to ask you some more stuff about your, your caching here in a moment, but, um, for those, and we've been fortunate enough to have you on a couple times to talk about, uh, good old Ms. Pac-Man, but, um, let's kind of give a, I guess a reset for some people who aren't familiar with, um, with your experiences and, um, you know, uh, there's multiple podcasts we've done on it so and actually uh, a really i thought it was pretty well done uh, netflix um documentary i thought it was pretty well done i know um it, it was kind of um interesting for you i've got some other questions about the netflix but um i guess kind of get people up uh, up to speed on Um, your involvement with um, the game Ms. Pac-Man.
1: Well, let me try doing a Doug McRae in two minutes. Um, Okay. So I ended up going up to MIT. I uh, studied there. I was uh, a triple major in mechanical engineering, economics, and architecture, and was working as a co-op student trying to work on uh, the bachelor degrees uh, in the, at least two of those departments and yeah. a master's degree. And uh, to help pay my tuition, I started operating pinball machines on campus. My first yep. uh, one was a Paragon <laughs> machine. I bought another and another, brought on a partner. Uh, and by uh, six months into it, we had... Uh, about 20 machines on campus, uh, pouring in lots of quarters We back up the quarters, head down to the bank, exchange them for uh credit store bank account, and then go off to the bursar and pay our tuition. And <laughs> right. th- this was great times. Uh, we are um, uh, maybe 18th, 19th, and 20th machines were missile commands uh, right. that were perfect for the MIT students. Uh, yep. We like. Uh, facing nuclear war and uh, how to stave off these Merv missiles coming in and whatever, and the machines were amazing. Uh, they would pull in uh, six, six, 600 dollars their first weeks, and yeah, twenty five hundred. So we go, we're going to make these back in four weeks, and you know this is <laughs> wonderful. And, and we and quarters and,
0: and quarters are not sorry I, and quarters are not light once you start adding them up. <laughs>
1: No, I remember my partner uh, took the subway to go to the bank with a uh, backpack of quarters.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Crap the broke. They're <laughs> heavy. Okay, I was terrified. If that bag split open and quarters went everywhere, do you try stopping people or just go, take them, forget it? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) But anyway, we we were uh, uh, quickly making $600 our first week, $400 the next week, $200 the next week. And we scratched our head and said, wow, everybody's getting really good at this game. So they're playing for longer and they're getting bored. And we wanted to um, fix that. And at the time, all you could do to fix it was buy an enhancement kit, which would speed things up. And playing it twice the speed made it harder, but that wasn't really fair. So we decided to design an enhancement kit which would add new features and um, and make Missile Command a much better game. Fast forwarding, uh, we sold these Missile Command uh, games at $295 our senior year out of our basement. Um, They cost about $30 to make. We uh, sold over 1,000 of them. And if you do the math, that's about a quarter million dollar profit, you know, a great junior tree achievement award. Uh yep. you know, saying, wow, this is fun. And so uh rather than writing my thesis and therefore making me a college dropout, right? I started work on the second enhancement kit, uh, which was an enhancement kit to a brand new game that had hit the market and was the game. It was called Pac-Man.
0: Yeah, Pac-Man. And so
1: we developed an enhancement kit to it, which would add new features, make the monsters smarter and uh, more diff- more challenging to play against, more mazes and everything. And uh, mm-hmm. the long was that ended up being Ms. Pac-Man, which outsold Pac-Man and became the largest selling video game in North America. Yep. Yep.
0: Amazing. You know, um, the the the, the genius of the enhancement kit makes incredible sense because, you know, people were, uh, like you said, were bored with, with what was going on in the, and the fact that you could add a board into the machines and add, um, you know, uh, a, a change to this game because they loved the game. They just were like, oh, you know, it's kind of like the same old thing over again, but... You know that's, that's just genius. You know, genius stuff. You know, um, and you know the 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 thing too. I want want you to kind of comment on, on is the fact that the the you know some of these, and some of these gamers are just in, are really incredible. They're just so good at things, and they had figured out that. And this isn't just Pac Man, but there's some other games that I know people would memorize but they could memorize pac-man and when you guys came along with the enhancement pack that created this aspect of randomness it was like oh my gosh it's like you opened a whole new world for the for that oh, game i mean it really was i mean
1: so pac-man for all of its uh wonderful design and whatever uh was very predictable and what was happening with players is that they could learn that all four monsters would do the exact same thing if they did the exact same thing. And so rather than right. having it come a challenging game, they would look and go, if I go this way, this way, and this way, these monsters will do this. And yeah. if I learn the pattern, I can play forever. And yeah. as fun as that might be the first time, it, it's not fun to the player it's definitely not fun to the guy collecting the quarters. Uh, Right. Definitely not. It's just a problem. And yeah, uh, it started off, you know, perfectly fine. Pac-Man, you know, had huge revenues and whatever. Everyone really enjoyed playing it. Uh, But they learned the patterns and it got boring and it dropped the quarter count because people could really play for an hour on a single quarter. Yeah. So uh, we looked at it and said, number one, we have to add more intelligence to the monsters. We had to give them yeah. some randomness so they wouldn't do the same thing over and over again. And we had to have them look ahead and say, all right, what is this player doing? How do I try to intercept him, et cetera. And that yeah. was the main part of what we were doing on Ms. Pac-Man is just to make it more challenging for the user. And in the end, the user really appreciated it. You know, It became yeah. no. a fascinating challenge.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's interesting too. You mentioned because the technically you're right. I mean, obviously you're, you, but technically they're monsters. They're not ghosts. People call them ghosts because they go into ghost mode. I guess you could call it. Or
1: that's not why they got the name ghost. Oh, okay. So, so in in the video game, they were always called monsters. Monsters. And then when the Atari two thousand six hundred version of Pac Man came out, right. Pa- the 2600 home console, uh, allowed two different stamps or sprites. Okay. And if you're trying to do the Pac-Man game, you need five sprites. You need Pac-Man and four monsters. Right, right. And so what they elected to do when they programmed, uh, Pac-Man is that Pac-Man would be one sprite and mm. the other sprite would house all four monsters.
0: And oh, okay.
1: Really beyond 25% of the time and be flickering. And you would see them, but they would be somewhat transparent because they're only oh. 25% of the time. Gotcha. And so they got nicknamed by Atari Marketing, who was very bright and <laughs> figured out how to overcome the engineering limitations. They got called ghosts. And so the t- term ghost came in when... The twenty six hundred Pac Man game was released, and it's oh, hard okay. to explain why they are flickering so much.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so as we uh, 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 let's let's go sort of the next the next step, which was um, they some of them didn't think that your idea was that great. And so they decided that, um, Hey, you, you shouldn't be changing this, these games. In fact, um, we want to, uh, have a little lawsuit against you. And, um, I'll I'll never forget when you told the story of, um, you know, the getting, getting the, the lawsuit. And, um, you were sued for a certain amount, and tell everybody what your what your dad told. How much?
1: So to back up a little bit, yeah. Um, to understand things, while we were viewing that this was the greatest product ever, these right. Them, <laughs> for three hundred dollars, you could double the life of a three thousand dollar cabinet. And right. You do the economics and say this is great, except for the person selling the $3,000 cabinets. Right. Really saying, I wanted to sell another one, and you just extended the life of the old one.
0: They yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Obsolescence. Yeah. And so when we uh, had come out with these enhancement kits, Atari looked at it and said, this is trouble. Uh, yeah. Partly that we were um, just taking revenue from them for the future. Yeah. And partly they were... Trying to understand what copyright law protected at the time, right? And this was really, really early on copyright law. Right. No one knew yeah. how to protect things. Um, at best, uh, it was understood that source code was protected, the the code you write. But once you compile right. it, it was not protected. Right. And so, Ari was looking at and going, "All right, how do we protect what what we have here in Missile Command?" Right. And so. They created uh, a, a new area of um, uh, intellectual property that was called photographic. Um, and so if you look at Missile Command and other games, besides right. the C copyright, yeah, uh, you know, that C symbol that if you type a C on your uh, C parentheses on your uh, keyboard, it will show right. up the C in a circle that says copyright. Yep. They created P in a circle which is a photographic or phonographic copyright okay. and games back then had, uh, from Atari had this on it and other people start copying it. No one knew what it meant, including Atari, but they're saying oh, wow. somehow this game is copyrighted and protected by yeah. properties mm. and so we we're coming along and challenging that we were saying, we did not copy your, uh, uh, source code. In right. fact, we did not copy your object code at all. We right. need a circuitry which branched you off in another direction, and therefore we were not violating your copyright. Right. They were looking at it and going, "We have two problems here. One is you're going to ruin our revenue stream from this obsolescence, mm. and two is you may set a precedent about how to protect a video game, and that will not be in our favor." Right. So Atari approached us and said, you know, guys, what do you want out of life? And we look and go, we want to develop video games. This is kind of fun. Yeah. So their chief counsel, who had uh, been a Supreme Court law law clerk and whatever, goes, OK, we we can have the best for you here. How about we give you a contract for two years, $50,000 a year? And remember, we're college students. Yeah, years going twenty four times fifty thousand. That's, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. What do we have to do for it? Oh, you develop games. Well, how many do we have to develop? What do we do with them? Whatever. What yeah. Do we want? And what wow. we learned later is they were paying us to go away.
0: Right. So they that's thought they were doing. It. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's all they expected out of us. Never produce a game, uh, a enhancement kit again. And go right. Away. Well. We misunderstood them Uh, we thought they wanted us to develop games for them right we had at the time our enhancement kit being designed for pac-man and it was nearly done and part of signing this agreement with atari was us agreeing to never do an enhancement kit again wow we had this out on test And it was doing really, really well. So we're kind of torn: going, do we sign this agreement? Do we not sign it? What do we do? You know, that we 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 made a quarter million dollars off of Missile Command. We can probably make a million off of this, but then Atari is going to pay us one point two million to do nothing or games. So we're torn. We go back to Atari and go, you know, you sued us, and you probably should not have. You know, the intellectual property law you know, should not have been tested that way. Exactly. We will sign the contract if you drop the lawsuit with prejudice, which meant you should never have sued us in the first place. Right. They did. And then we immediately got on a plane, went out to Chicago, met with the North American manufacturer of Pac-Man, Valley Midway, and said, see right here? Atari dropped the lawsuit. They should never have sued us. Right. We going to bring out the Pac-Man enhancement kit. Right. We would just like your permission because we don't want to have to beat you in court also.
0: Yeah. We,
1: we thought we'd bring really, really clever. Uh, you know, we are great poker players. Yeah. You know, we're <laughs> bluffing our way through this and whatever. Right. Other side, Valley Midway had just run the production line. This is... Blue collar workers assembly line building these Pac Man cabinets. They built 17,000 of them and they had just stopped production. They had had stopped production and they were ready to hand out that Friday, apparently, pink slips to all the uh, production workers. Wow. They did not, as a development company, have a follow on to Pac Man. Namco, the developer of it, did yep, not yep. have a follow up. And we happen to walk in the door pretending we're great poker players. And then we <laughs> Sequel! And Sequel! That's how Miss Pac Man got started. Wow. Uh, All right. Ready, called Crazy Auto. Yep, Crazy said, Auto. Why don't we make it Super Pac Man? And we go, Right. Us. And they go, Oh, no, 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 no. If you look at the animations we've got, we've got this yellow Pac-Man with legs, which
0: with legs, good, yep,
1: and a red Pac-Man with legs, Yeah. meeting each other. So we got a male and female in there somewhere. So right Pac Woman? Pac Woman, yeah, yeah. Pac Woman's great. So we rechange the characters, all the graphics, and whatever. Right, someone goes, Pac Woman doesn't really roll off the tongue well. Let's make it Miss M I S S Pac-Man right. Miss.
0: Pac-Man. So
1: we changed everything. We got Ms. Pac-Man ready going production. And someone uh, looks at it and goes, You know, you have three animations here. The first one is this red and yellow character. Yep. Meet each other. And they come out and a heart goes up above their head. Yep. And the second animation has them chasing each other. Yep. And the second and half animation that we cut from the game. Explains what happens in the third animation. Yeah. A stork flies out, <laughs> in a little bag, and they're in the senior. And Yay. At the last moment, people looked and go, Well, at least back then, you could yep. not have a Miss Pac-Man having a baby out of yep. wedding. So yep. a big scramble on it became Mrs. Pac-Man and Mrs. Pac Man period. And then uh, a wife of one of our engineers stepped in and go, no, Mrs. No. is so updated. It is now. Yeah. Ms. And Ms. So within, I think, like a three day period, we had ROMs built and everything that had uh, Super Pac-Man, Pac-Man <laughs> Ms. Pac-Man, Mrs. Pac-Man, and then shipped as Ms. Pac-Man.
2: Ms. What Pac-Man. a story. Uh,
1: she had red hair. She had, you know, everything. And it came out the way you see it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which
0: which is incredible. It really, that's a great story. And um, uh, I love, because people talked, somebody mentioned earlier about one of the monsters. And I love your st- story, although um, I, I don't know if, I think you said she was okay with it, sort of, but Uh, One of
1: the
0: the monsters' names.
1: (laughs) So um, Pac-Man, I never figured out why or knew why. Yeah. Uh, Four monsters. uh, Three of them are quite famous, Inky, Blinky, and Pinky. Right. And the fourth was Clyde. Clyde. I don't know who Clyde (laughs) was. Yeah. And when we went to redo the game um, to be Mrs. or Miss or Mrs. or whatever – woman um we decided to rename the fourth monster because clyde's not female right and so we decided that we keep inky blinky and pinky and i go you know my sister is named sue i only have one sister so let's name the fourth monster sue (laughs) so we put in sue and it stuck Um, so great There's rumors later on that the president of uh, Bally, or the vice president, I forget which one, Dave Murawski, uh, also had a daughter or a sister or something named Sue. And so maybe it's stuck for that reason, but we put it in there after my sister, and it went into production named Sue. So I got to name a monster after my sister, which is (laughs) accomplishments of life. right.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for for now,
1: for
0: all for for all time, uh, yeah, you can go. Oh, you know what? You're a monster, and I got proof <laughs> of it. Let's go see this game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, it's, and somebody mentioned about uh in the game. Sue's the hardest to predict. She's a loose cannon. So I don't know. Maybe she is. So
1: Are you about my sister. You must. Yeah, really.
0: Uh
2: oh, wow,
0: Tupper is going to be on uh the next hour. Uh, Tupper is um you know at NASA, um, and um, he uh wanted to let you know, um, he's donating 100, he wants to get that coin. So, (laughs) so So, you've even
1: when we talk about Sue having uh great AI capabilities and whatever, it's not the NASA level, this was uh. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think had, at best, 200 250 bytes of code, uh, running her, but there she, she did perform well for that number of bytes.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, no, oh, amazing. That's such a great story, Doug. Um, yeah, um, so, um, and many people mentioned that they that you know they love it, and um, you know, it's been uh you know, something that's been, um, incredible, you know, um, I think the last time we had you on, we did, we played some, you know, the magnitude of the, of the game that you guys created, like you said, it was most popular. Um, and we had a lot of fun showing these commercials that ran like in Australia. It's really crazy. There's the one with the people on the roller skates. Do you remember that one where they're chasing the the, the gal around? It's like, what is yeah, going on? It's <laughs> kind of how we
1: all behaved back in the eighties, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I guess,
0: I guess it was. It it really kind of probably was, but um, that was
1: the big night out going roller skating with a girl, you know? Right.
0: Like, and um, <laughs> just the the commercials really kind of um, you know. It really did. They kind of they cracked me up, but we had a, we had a great time talking about those. But um, so yeah, so we mentioned earlier, and somebody put it together. So I want to make sure we got uh, this right on a d- doing the reset here. So um, uh, let me find it. Uh, Scott put it together really well, so I want to make sure that we uh, share this correctly. So um, Scott says you you know do a four four X match. Um, if you give a hundred dollars, you'll get a coin, and if you give fifty, you'll get the path deck. It's a larger path deck. I got one here too. So,
1: I totally agree with everything except for I don't know what at Udac means, but I'm sure you. Oh, that's <laughs>
0: Udac. There's Udac. She's a uh, she's a cashier. So there you go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, there's the coins. Thanks, Doug. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Thanks again. Yeah, the yeah. donations are rolling in. So thank you very much for. Kicking us in gear here.
0: Yes. Thank you. See so yeah, the backs are. The backs is, is incredible. Yeah. That, that had the to take some time bath to, bath to, bath to bath build. Going
1: in the path tags was several months of going back and forth with a foundry. Yes. Wow. Oh yeah. What is the, you know, smallest level of detail they could handle. And I yeah. have had lots, but you know, getting the dots in and getting everything else. Uh, this was initially beyond them. And yeah, I, Eventually, kind of convince them that it should be done. I still have no idea how they do these. I'm guessing somebody is going with a brush or something and hitting each little dot by hand. But I don't. I know. think
2: I think yes. that's what I've heard. Like a needle with enamel that gets filled yeah. in every spot. At it, least that's yeah. what i hard for
1: someone that has to do the Miss Pacman backs because <laughs> there are a lot of dots there that have not been eaten by Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I love the front too. Um, yeah, you know it's something that um, it just you know the um, the designs, everything. I mean, you guys it, it's it's reminds me of the you know reading the book Outliers. It's like the timing you know, it's kind of like the you know in, in the in the in the book Outliers, it talks about how you know for the Beatles' You know the, the the timing was so perfect, and for Apple, you know the you know if if they would have come along, like if the Beatles would have come along, right? I mean, there's just you know if they'd have come around ten years, it's, well, and I I I use my brother for kind of examples. He he wanted to get in computers, but his timing was before he ended up being an architect. But he he was in, he was interested in computers, but he was interested in computers back before, you know, before a lot of that stuff hit. So, you know, he was doing the the old card card things where he had big readers and he was like,
1: been there, done that.
0: (laughs) You remember those days? And that's crazy. But it was like, for him, he was just like, okay, this is not this is not what I was thinking, so his timing wasn't really very good for you know for that, but for you guys, you know the timing just was really worked out great that you were able to be involved and to take it you know take it the way y'all you know how you got into involved in it and how you kind of really you know saw you know the visions of where this thing could go it just is it was incredible so.
1: Well, people often will look and go, wow, you guys had amazing timing. And then there's this discussion about, well, it's not, we had the timing. It maybe was you had luck and people go, well, you make your own luck. Mm. No, we, we kind of prepared the way and whatever, but yeah, we we were blessed with being right place, right time. And, uh, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: I've had several successes in my career yep. and, you know, there was hard work in them, but blessed by right place, right time, things work out and took advantage of them.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, right place, right time, right know-how, because that's just something that I think people, people are always like, oh, you know, if I would have been, you know, if I would have been in that position, you know, and, you know, lucked into something like that, you know, it's like, well... There's a lot of prep, like you said. You, you, there wasn't like you just sort of had no knowledge of the situation. I mean, uh, it, you know, there, there's people, you know, all over the world that, like we talked about, you, like you said, you, they, people make their own luck. But part of it is that you have to have the right know-how to be able to take advantage. of of a situation, you got to have the knowledge, and you got to have the courage to go forward. You know that that's something that I think, um, you know, really came out in um, discussions that we've had, and also in the Netflix, uh, where um, you know, you well,
1: that, that, that's the entrepreneur's instinct. Is yeah. That yeah, you don't care about failure. You're you're just having fun. You charge ahead. Uh, you know, when people tell you, "Well, that's kind of stupid or irresponsible or whatever," right. you pay no attention to them whatsoever and go, oh, "This is good. This is fun." Yeah, it can be. <laughs> you know, good you. I'm so glad you, there's
0: people like you in the world for that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, that is so incredible. Um, so, I want to I want to sort of transition to talking about some geocaching things. One was um, on. I quit mentioning this, but there, uh, something that we was brought up on our last, uh, podcast with you was that, um, Netflix, when, when they were doing the Netflix thing and they were filming all that, um, they asked you about, well, what are you doing with your time now? And you, you got to (laughs) tell them about geocaching and they were probably like, what? (laughs) And, uh, so I want to, if you would comment on that, but also were you able to gather the footage that they took? And I wish we could get our hands or some, one of us could get our hands on the footage that you were able to do and we could turn it into something, but kind uh, of tell people about the process of going through and doing um, the Netflix, episode, the Netflix uh, documentary a little bit.
1: Well, the very, very quick story there is yeah. Netflix uh, or a uh, producer for Netflix contacted us and said that they yeah. would like to do a documentary on us. And that was about the description, us. <laughs> and I, I called uh, two of my um, partners in this whole thing, right? Uh, Mike Horowitz and Steve Golson, and said did they contact you also And they said yes i said and what do you think they're talking about what is what is their goal of this documentary right So, well all they told us is they want to write about us and so we're we're, we're puzzled and go all right you know we're we're always terrified that someone would write bad things or you know it, we, you want to know what they want to write before they write it because it's yeah You know, I don't want to come across poorly or whatever. And so we finally, the three of us, contact them back and go, okay, we're interested, but explain what the story is, what you're doing. They go, we have no idea. (laughs) What do you mean you have no idea? (laughs) Interesting things here. What we're going to do is come in and film, and then we'll figure it out. I go, wow it backwards you have no plan and they go this is often what we have to do we don't know exactly what the story is but we'll come film and so yeah. they filmed Steve Golson for an hour for a day they filmed my core yep. for a day and they flew a crew of four down to my place in Florida at the time and blocked away two days and I said so what are we going to talk about and they go We'll figure it out as we go. And for two <laughs> days, we filmed. And I'm looking going, all right, you're going to take two days. They, they probably captured 10 or 12 hours of video during that time. Right. They're going, well, the whole segment will be 15 or 20 minutes, and that includes Mike and Steve talking also. I go, yeah. oh, that makes it even scarier. You're <laughs> going, And you could edit it down and make me look weird, evil, um, you know, capitalistic, yeah. you know, uh, you, you don't know how they come across them, whatever. Right. And they did a great job. Uh, but they did. They were trying to figure out what the story was, and it's not clear. Uh, you know, there were such strange things going on at the time. Uh, you know, from the very early times of Nolan Bushnell starting up Atari. And, right. You know, trying to put... Pie plates underneath the quarter collection, and things are sparking out and um, uh, shorting out because there's too many quarters in the machine. And yep. uh, he's doing this in the uh, engineering room. Is this brand new engineer uh, called Steve Jobs, who's working yep. on a game there? Uh, so he's part of this whole thing. And you know, every every you know, buddy back then was coming through paying attention to video games. It was kind of the Wild West. And we're trying to create a story out of it. And there are just mm-hmm. so many different threads going different directions. And uh, they created a story arc that was quite good. And uh, I think it came out well. But it, yeah, how they pull that all together, because if you ask me what the story was or whatever, uh, I would have spent 12 hours and gone off in different directions and bored the entire audience.
0: <laughs> no you wouldn't have no that would not have been would not have been boring but somebody's asking but give me 12, hours, about,
1: give me 12 <laughs> hours of one of your podcasts and i can bore your
0: people. <laughs> I'll hey my friend i'll give you that we'll, but we're we talk caching, as you know we'll which we're, we're about to uh we will not get bored so somebody okay, asked about the netflix the netflix has a documentary i want to show real quick so it's still out there um, you can go see it on online, but it's called High Score for those that are asking.
1: So, the easiest the way to get to it, Gary, is if you go to my webpage, retiredguy.com.
0: Uh, yeah, okay,
1: cool. There's a up on top, along nice. with my gift entry that lost uh last year. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm not We'll
2: check that out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay.
0: Let's pivot and let's, I love the, I, I could talk that all night, but I, I want to ask you some geocaching stuff because, um, you know, you're, uh, that's the other thing too. Retireguy.com is a, a great, a great website Amazing for, website. and, um, yeah. And, um, Emily can tell you about, you know, she's, uh, you know, we're still doing challenge talk. And so, um, and you guys had, uh uh. You know, dug on recently to talk about challenges, but challenges are near and dear to your heart. Uh, souvenirs, also. Um, you are, are you still the the leader in the clubhouse for uh, challenges? Are oh, you in second right now?
1: So, um, Der Holtzmeier, Michael of Germany, has passed, yep. um, as I was explaining a little bit earlier, um, yeah. that in Germany uh, or in Europe, if yeah. you are, uh, uh, I don't know exactly the word I would use, but if, if you are incented properly to uh, win the souvenir uh, top collector of the world, uh, there are three or four uh, mega events per weekend. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, um, so they're um, racking that, up. They're I racking up megas. Because you have to at 8 a.m. show up in dusseldorf germany and then somehow you're getting from there to portugal and then maybe concluding sunday over in uh england somewhere right you can do it and not that i haven't done that kind of crazy travel uh for souvenirs before but i cannot do it every weekend uh
0: so, no no
1: yeah <laughs> I well, was one up until about three or four months ago um i was getting <coughs> A lot of my yeah. extra ones by doing, um, the geo tours, uh, which I really right. got into. I've done roughly 40 geo tours at this point all over the world, oh, wow. That's um, awesome. racking up souvenirs. Um, but there are just not enough megas or forgiving wives, uh, for me to keep up with uh, them. So, mm. uh, I am number two right now. And, uh, a friend of mine, Annette, uh, who, uh German uh, who's number three, will probably pass me pretty soon. Uh, oh, well. Oh, yeah. To her. Uh, she uh, runs she runs uh, trips uh, for geocachers to foreign countries to collect new countries. And I go, okay, that's another tough thing to keep up with. So,
0: yeah, that is hard like, to keep, keep up with. There's a
1: lot of geotours in foreign countries. She gets hers by getting every foreign country, and uh, their host Michael uh, gets his from uh, attending every mega possible. So Right, different right. Ways, different ways. All
2: right. Well, we have a comment. Is it safe to say you're number one in the U.S.?
1: Yes. I think that's very safe. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right, to, all right. Collect <laughs> souvenirs by going to megas in the U.S. is tough. Uh, yeah. Yeah one every couple yeah. weeks. Um, yeah. And if they were to have one in Houston and one in LA, that's a tough drive.
0: That is tough. That is a tough one. Yeah. So, um, Not- but as far as, you know, and uh, something that it really fascinates me. And I know you, we've talked, we've, we've talked about before, but just the, 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 the aspect of traveling to, to these various countries, um, and doing caches in, in, in other countries. And, um, I love the stories, uh, as you know, Doug, of, um, the places you've been and Antarctica and, um, you know, doing the whole, the, the swimming one was, was, is crazy. We talked about, but, um, I had a note, um, and I wondered how, now that everything's you know obviously back open, I think you had a you had a trip to Kenya planned, and then COVID interrupted it. Were you, did you able? Were you able to get to Kenya eventually, or have you not done that one yet?
1: Uh, I have not made it back to Kenya. I've been to okay. Kenya three or four times in my life, but not okay. As a, uh, not as, as a serious geocacher. I have right. Kenya as a country, but uh, I am still looking to get. Uh, all of the year 2000 ca- uh, geocaches. Okay, right. I'm short by two of them. Right. Uh, one is uh, one in Kenya, uh, which is in the middle of nowhere. Um, and uh, it started off as a mystery cache. Uh, it is more just getting to that location now. It was uh, something carved in a tree and uh, whatever. But I will get there uh Sometime relatively soon. Uh, my okay. church's pastor uh, goes over. Uh, he has kids from Uganda. Um, oh, cool. And it's, uh, he has said, well, how about you and I go over together or we'll rent motorcycles? I go, oh, my gosh, this is not... He's <laughs> supposed to be the conservative hey. pastor. Uganda, but we will... Adventure! Do the other one You've done some crazy is, stuff. The, the other one yeah. is... Orange County, California, and oh wow. as the year two thousand. I do not have it has been uh, disabled and enabled and disabled uh, totally against my schedule. Uh, the- <laughs> oh no, area. I plan on going out there, and a forest fire hits, and then it becomes uh, enabled again, and. Uh, I am not available to go out immediately and I should have, and it got disabled again. So I will get out there eventually. Uh, that right. should be easier of the two. And then I <laughs> will wow. the thousands. the 2000s. Oh, that's wow. beautiful.
0: Love it. All the 2000s. That's incredible. So I, I, just um, got a
1: right. I, I just finished off most of them by traveling to Australia and New Zealand with my sister. Um, oh, cool. Fabulous. She she's not a geocacher, but she's a hiker. And she brought up going for some of the fun ones in uh, Australia, uh, particularly the uh, uh, I think it's entitled used to be the highest or something like that. Yeah, and a decent hike um, along the base of the tallest mountain in Australia and really a lot of cool. um, And she thought she, uh, she was bringing me along for the hike. I thought I was bringing along for the geocache and we both had a great time. Good. That's Good. incredible.
0: Well, um, starting to get to the end, but I want to bring in, um, some more guests. And, um, so I've, I have, um, uh, one of our team, uh, uh Derek is, is going to jump on in a second when he's ready, but I also want to bring on, uh, our next hours guest. So I'm going to bring Tupper in. So there's Tupper. Um, thanks for oh. being with us. And, um, uh, being along for the next hour, but, um, you know, um, something that um, we talked about earlier, and and that is, um, you know, something that I wanted to point out, which is I think of the two of you guys, only one of y'all actually graduated from MIT. Is that, did I have that right, Tupper? Is that, is that accurate?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I graduated twice, so bachelors and you and, did one for
0: you and one for one for Doug.
2: Yeah, but if I could <laughs> trade places with Doug, I definitely would. Um,
1: Can you put one of yours up on eBay or something and right. I'll, I'll get
2: it? There you go. Hey Doug. Yeah, my my son lives in Bedford now and uh, is an engineer and uh so just outside of his apartment I found two of your video game classic series Missile Command and Maria 1702 last time I was in Boston.
1: I know exactly where uh, he works. Then does yeah. he does he work
2: across the street at MITRE, MIT? MIT? Um, no, but his apartment's right there by MIT. Yeah.
1: Okay. My, my oldest son works at MIT right now.
2: And then um, oh, wow. related to your daughter-in-law, my daughter, who's twenty-one, is now a first-year grad student in epidemiology. So also following in the medical field.
1: Yeah, you're so much younger. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and um, you know, Tupper, you're telling me y'all did some y'all did some caching up there recently. Uh, yeah, in the area. And then
2: it, it, the fact that Doug caches all over the world in exotic places did um, motivate me. When uh, just two weeks ago we were in the Galapagos Islands, and there's only like five caches there, and we did stop in one of the places, and I got the one at the mailbox. If you remember that. Doug, uh, postcards go from there all over the the world. Excuse
1: Uh, me. uh, You're trying to rub it in. (laughs) 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 A country I do not have right now. Oh, no. I traveled. Oh, my. Before I geocached. Ah, Right before the pandemic. That hurts. I was in (laughs) (laughs) school with my kids. That hurts. Mm -hmm. uh, The pandemic was coming. And I had plans to go to Ecuador to get the oldest geocache there. And then I was doing a um, event in Bolivia with um, a friend of mine. We were gonna meet up there and uh, it turned out that the uh, pandemic spoiled everything.
2: I have Yeah, so I have a total of like three countries, Doug, but um, I have one you don't, I guess.
1: I do not have Ecuador and it's very (laughs) embarrassing.
2: <laughs> and there's, there's there's a cache near Quito that's right on the equator. It's kind of a tourist trap where they well, bring you ec- in and yeah, it's called False Equator, right?
1: Th- that is the oldest in Ecuador, I believe.
2: Well, right? I I have it cuz I stood on the false yeah, and line and then you walk about 60 <laughs> meters over and the GPS actually reads 0. 0.0000 latitude and then that's where the you have to take a picture to well, say if, if
1: if you want to continue on that trend, I do have with my wife a geocache at 180 degrees of latitude uh, it is wrangle island uh north of siberia in russia and it's exactly <laughs> at 180 degrees uh and it unfortunately had to be published at 179.9 uh, oh, or whatever, yeah. whatever because hq could not handle 180 it was flipping around on it and yeah. so we published it just short, but the GPS said 180.00000. On wow.
0: That is so awesome. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, we've we've wrapped up a, a, an incredible hour. And, Doug, I will get you the information. Um, so we'll uh, have to keep that sort of, a, um, you know, for this hour. Um, You know, we'll, I'll get you the info and we'll, we'll get a final total, uh, at a, you know, at a point, uh, later on. But thank you so much for being on. Thank you for, um, uh, your friendship and for your, um, your, your incredible stories, uh, and sharing that and for your, um, for your love of geocaching. And, um, uh, it's been, uh, been great. Uh, people have really enjoyed, um, some of your stories. Watching the chat room, people are just like um, talking about. Uh, you know, it, it, it was an amazing hour. So, uh, thank you again, and uh, have have fun in Saint Martin, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again. You know, in the near future, and I'll I'll get you the information uh, later on. If you get that'll... me
1: the uh, list of people that uh, need yep. death tags or geocoins, I will send them out. And... Cool real rough numbers is it looked like uh, this hour you pulled in roughly uh four th- uh four thousand yeah. dollars uh match yeah one. Uh, you got 16 uh, thousand coming in and we will blow <laughs> through any uh goal that you had and congratulations on everyone that helped support this hour thank you awesome. so much sir.
0: Thanks so much, Doug. Take care, buddy. And we'll talk to you soon. Very good. Thanks, Doug. See you, man.
1: Thanks, Emily. Thank you.